You're listening to the Modern Web Podcast. For more podcasts, videos, and events, find us online at modern-web.org or follow us on Twitter at modern.web. That's M-O-D-E-R-N-D-O-T-W-E-B. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Modern Web Podcast. My name is Tracy. I'm one of your hosts. You can follow me on Twitter at Lady Lead, and I am joined by my very special co-host today, Hunter Miller. Help, uh, welcome, Hunter. Hey, glad to be here. Um, my name is Hunter Miller. I am a senior software engineer at Vistot, and you can follow me at hmillerdev on Twitter. Awesome. And today we have some really cool dudes joining us, um, Christian and Pedro. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Um, yes, I'm Christian. Um, I live in the middle of Norway uh, in a city called Trondheim. I live here with my girlfriend and our soon-to-be four-year-old daughter and another one coming in November. Um, I work at Code Sandbox, um, do a lot of state management. That's kind of like my thing uh, is doing state management. Uh, so I have projects like Cerebral and Overmine, which uh, I, people typically relate me to. Um, yeah, uh, Pedro mentioned that I've probably been doing programming for 10 years now, and that's true, Pedro. Thanks for reminding me. Um, and old. yeah, <laughs> getting old, yeah. But yeah, I just love uh, working with open source, working with ideas, and um, yeah, that's basically me, I guess. Go, Pedro. Yeah, so yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. So yeah, that's me. I'm Pedro, and um, currently I'm working at Modules. Um, I joined the team um, last year when when they were looking for the first round of employees. Um, I'm I'm a front end dev, but I specialize mainly in doing UI stuff. You know, a lot of design systems and more visual things like that. Um, and so yeah, I mean, at the moment I'm working on the stitches side of things, whereas before I focused more on the Radix, which is the design system that um, we built for modules, uh, building the primitives, which are the low-level components that, um, that modules uh, was, was using to allow people to build their own design systems. And every now and then I would do a bit of UI on the module software itself. Um, but yeah, like I said, now I'm focusing a little bit more on stitches and um and that's all for me and my twitter is Pedroarte if anyone is interested awesome thanks guys um okay so for those of us who don't know what stitches is i guess i'll start with that um what stitches yeah um so what's interesting is that for me i'm like the very technical person related to stitches and then uh, pedro is more the usability side of stitches so for me, Stitches has been this super awesome, um, really experiment because I, I don't know that much about styling and design and stuff. It's just more, okay. um, <laughs> yeah, it's just trying out things and being inspired. Um, so for me, Stitches is like a CSS and JS library that had this journey of going from one concept to another and then ended up as actual stitches CSS in JS uh, with an uh, atomic approach. Um, 
kind of taking inspiration from the latest trends um, uh, related to tokens, and we'll probably talk a lot more about this, um, and other concepts from, from other libraries uh, as well. So um, yeah, that, that's the way I think about it. Okay. What about you, Pedro? Yeah, I mean, pretty much, um, we kind of like the way we are explaining uh, stitches to people is that uh, we kind of say that it's a modern CSS and JS library. And I've had a few people even ask, like, why, why is it modern, you know? Um, but in a nutshell, it's, um, it's kind of as a result of following how the styling trend has evolved over the last few years uh, with, you know, the the introduction of different, you know, view libraries like React. So in a way we say it's, it's modern because it offers a near, uh, near zero runtime. It has a really good support for server-side rendering. And most importantly, it starts to implement some, um, some sort, of, sort of like design system uh, related concerns into the library as first-class citizens. And these are things like uh, what, uh, similar to what Christian was mentioning just now, the ability for you to create uh, design system tokens and access them as you're authoring your styles, the ability to define your breakpoints up front and access those, the ability to create variants at the component level, and then, um, and then applying those variants at different breakpoints. And these are all um, kind of techniques that have proven to be very useful when building UIs. And also um, gets, it starts getting a little bit closer to how designers work and how designers think. And as a right. result of that, you can improve the, the way the designers and developers work together. And, and at Modules, that's our mission. So Stitches is a little step towards that direction. And eventually, uh, Stitches are the, the goal for Stitches is to be integrated into modules and to allow this, this interoperability between designers and developers working on the same code base, but through different inputs. One being a tool, a visual tool, and the other one being code. Awesome, yeah. I'm, I'm loving hearing that there is like more, I don't, I don't know if we wanna call it frameworks, but like more, more structure around CSS and JS because Personally, I remember when I was uh, starting to mess around with CSS and JS, I was like, okay, this is cool for a small project, but I mean, that's going to get a little out of hand, right? And I, you know, it's so great to see like new technologies like your guys' and the stuff you guys are working on, like actually starting to address these concerns. It's, it's really amazing. Nice. It's, it's really interesting that we've been working with these low level CSS properties for so long and we need to create some abstractions over them. Uh, things like tokens as Pedro talked about. So um, yeah, I, I totally relate to that as well. Like, as I said, I don't know styling that well, but I've, I've been working with designers and just translating what they want into the application is super, super tricky, especially when you don't have any common language at all. Um, so creating some abstractions over what we do, instead of forcing the designers to under, come on understand our work, our like our challenges and all that stuff, we have to abstract it away so we can start talking to each other. It kind of makes me laugh because you know you look at um, uh, Polymer and Lit, Lit Element, 
right out of Google and their whole idea is like, hey, we're here to exist as a framework slash library um, and soon we'll go away because you'll just be able to use a platform and kind of when I hear you talk about that, it's like, you know, you're building something to kind of make it easy for easier for developers. I mean, and designers to work with developers too, but you know, like are we soon not going to even need designers because we have tools like this and all of a sudden <laughs> or maybe we won't need developers <laughs> <laughs> Ew, yes all whizzy wigs you know nobody <laughs> right <laughs> so on that note i guess pedro if you want to explain maybe what modules is for those who don't know sure so um modules uh it's a it's kind of like a a big step towards trying to close that gap between designers and developers and to go into a little bit more detail it's um we're trying to build a tool a visual a visual code editor essentially where um, both designers or developers can use to create um, layouts page layouts to create design systems to create a um, compound component. So say a component that sort of comp composes other lower level components and to create prototypes and, and all that type of stuff. And the idea is that, um, you know, up until now, and there are, there are a few tools trying to change and trying to have an impact in this space, but up until now, designers are mainly working in in sort of free form drawing tools right this kind of infinite canvas yeah, where exactly. designers can take any shape and they can put any shape anywhere in any sort of um uh, way that they wish which is great for creativity it's you know it's it's something that uh, allows for quick iteration um it's the same you can't you can't argue that pen and paper is no no longer useful right like it allows people to kind of draw a sketch and get the creativity uh flowing um, but what's missing is from, from the moment where they know where they're going with their design, with their product, and you start having things like 150 R boards, it's, it's not a maintainable uh, place for designers. And we know that because when we work with designers, we hear them sort of like, um, you know, struggle how, you know, when they need to update stuff. And, and, and the problem is not just with the tools. The problem is it goes even further with mindsets of people. Like um, clients want designs and they want designers to have the latest copy. Oh, yeah. if they want their <laughs> product to be translated into like 12 languages. They want designs for all the 12 languages, you know, and this type of stuff. And so it's, you know, the, the goal that we have is to challenge not just the way people work from a hands-on or pr productivity perspective, but to challenge what's expected, you know, what is the expected deliverable right. of, 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 uh, of a designer even. So what modules will allow you to do is to essentially um, design what you want to design, but in real code, a real code being, uh, you use a visual editor which produces real code in the background. So you are at that point, you're a little bit more restricted than, than if you're using Sketch or Figma. Um, but at the same time, you can leverage all the sort of benefits of, of coding. So right. you know, if, um, if you've got a page that's translated in 12 languages, you can see that page in 12 languages and you can send that, you know. Um, so right. let, it, let, it let the code do the hard work. 
exactly pretty much and and in a way that's where we we use the word collaboration a lot because people tend to just refer to to things as handoff and in a way it's not it's not necessarily always a handoff sometimes it's 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 there's a point in the middle where people need to work together and it's not really a common workflow at the moment even in even when you talk about you know waterfall versus agile and that type of stuff it never really includes a point where teams are actually working together so modules is a is a way to kind of sort of challenge the way people are working uh, together a little bit and um there are a lot of developers that don't enjoy styling they don't enjoy thinking about colors they don't enjoy thinking about type scales they don't enjoy thinking about subtle changes from a hover to active or focus right. you know accessibility related stuff as far as it goes uh, with design you know like color contrast ratios so um the, the idea here is that if you don't enjoy doing that the designer can do it and is all he's going to do is write the same code base as the developer is working on and that developer can work on the logic on on the security on the authentication or whatever it is so yeah, I know I went a little bit far there, but it's, it's, okay. <laughs> it's not that simple. But in a way, that's what modules is. It's a it's a big challenge to tackle, and I think um, I think even for people who do enjoy those things, it's just an easier medium medium to work with. Um, you know, CSS messing with text is not always the best, but you know, being able to see it immediately and kind of get a handle on it, you know, that's awesome. Um, so how do you think like design systems are evolving or at least how did they get us to the point maybe that led you to stitches? So I've been following the design system trend for a long time and we are currently in a, in, you know, in a time where more and more people are actually investing time in building design systems. Uh, they're getting buy-ins from their management or their stakeholders a lot more than they were. And this is due to some of the bigger companies promoting the idea of design systems, you know. And um, I think um, with tools like a start system, theme UI, and other sort of like pre-built design systems like material UI or chakra UI, this type of stuff, even, even Bootstrap, which goes way back, um, it's kind of like, uh, it shows that people wanna use those things um, especially with the latest ones, like, you know, if you look at Tailwind, uh, with Tailwind UI, um, you know, people want to get just pre-built stuff that looks good. And then they just want to tweak the color. Yeah. They just want to say, <laughs> this green is not my client's green. So I'm just going to change the green and everything else is the same. People yeah. want to do that, you know? Um, and, and the way to do all of those things is if those things are built on top of a system in the first place. So um, by allowing you people to style things with the constraint of a system, in other words, having access to their tokens uh, and their low level sort of um, components like primitives like text or, or a button or even a clickable if you want to go very low level, um, it then allows people to um, think less about the bootstrapping and how to structure a system and just think about how they want to apply those predefined values onto their components. 
And in a way, that's where Stitches shines. It allows people to go, if you want to use Stitches as just a normal CSS and JS library, like style components, you can. But if you want to rely on its uh, more design system constraints, like using tokens, it's there for free. That's awesome. Yeah, I think I think that kind of flexibility um, will probably help, you know, get people into it. Um, so kind of, I guess, what are the, let's say, problems that Citrus is going to be solving for the community that maybe other tools haven't been solving up until now? And how can people get involved, right? Like, is, yeah. uh, is, is some parts open source or, um, you know, how does community get, community get connected with what you all are doing? Yeah. You so, like, well, yeah. yeah, like I can at least say like how it, it differs is if you think about how you uh, start using Stitches, uh, if you compare it to style components, you just install style components and you start uh, using the styled import. But with Stitches, you actually have to create an instance of Stitches, which might sound like a bad thing, but it, uh, it represents that you actually have to present your tokens, uh, any breakpoints, you can have custom utilities um, and stuff like that. So you, with the API, it kind of explains that you are setting up some constraints uh, in your um, design. Um, Encouraging good behavior, maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I spent so much time just thinking uh, CSS properties and finding good ways to, to try to keep that constraint, but you just keep falling back to just putting something in oh, there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, just having these um, constraints preset, like there, there's a specific intention of this API and it's to put those constraints on, your, uh, on the rest of the API so that you do the right thing, basically. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. And um, I think I, I've read before that Stitches was maybe solving a problem that Modules was having. Um, related to performance. Yeah, yeah. So one thing that um, is not unique to Stitches, but um, what it does is that it has an atomic uh, approach. So to explain that, when you use a style component from style components, you say like style.div and you give it some CSS. Uh, when it renders that component, it produces a unique class name for that definition. Uh, but in Stitches, it's atomic, which means that um, Stitches actually looks at every property. So it's like a combination of um, the property, if there's a related selector, if there's a related uh, media query, uh, and its value. And then it produces a unique class name for that specific thing. And if you think about it, when we're talking about these constraints, like is most of your CSS the same or is it different. Um, and um, this is what we see in performance tests that it is mostly the same because yeah. when Stitches evaluates these things again, it doesn't really have to do much uh, because you've already used this color somewhere or this padding some other places. Um, and this also ties into server-side rendering. It optimally injects tiny bit of CSS because most of it is reused and, and so on. Awesome. Yeah. Does it, I mean, does it even do the classes get split um, as far as like what's shared versus what's 
singular. So like if I have a lot that's shared across everything that gets like spit into kind of the main chunk and then the rest gets like fragmented. Yeah, so it's, um, so the way it works, it, it's basically whenever you have these four things operating, you get like one unique uh, class for that. And that's part of the common uh, style sheet. Uh, and then because of specificity issues, uh, that's also something that Stitches is heavily focused on solving specificity issues. So uh, whenever you use a media query, um, uh, any, uh, any CSS properties related to a media query is injected in its own style sheet, which is then ordered correctly related to your configuration, for example. Um, yeah, and then um, a couple of other things is, um, for example, you have the possibility to add your own custom um, CSS properties that we call utilities. So it's basically awesome. just, yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's um, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like a popular one would be like padding X and padding Y, for example. Uh, and you can even reuse like tokens inside of them because you basically map the utility to lower level CSS properties where you have all the tokens so you can reuse them. So that's, that's really, really cool. And then I guess the, the final thing that's very, uh, very cool is the, the way the theming works. So typically when you think about theming, you have just a bunch of values that you kind of expose to all your style definitions. But in Stitches, the, the theming is actually based on the tokens. So you don't create random values, you actually override tokens. And that means that all the tokens automatically become CSS variables. And then hmm, when you okay. create a theme, yeah. So your theme is actually overriding CSS variables, which means that whenever you in insert a theme, you can insert that theme at any level in the component tree and uh, the CSS engine automatically then uses its CSS right. variables to style the rest of the, the DOM tree, which that's is super, really super awesome. powerful. Yeah, that's yeah. very cool. I did not know that. And I did, I did some digging before this, so <laughs> good to know. Hmm. So the, the traction you guys have been seeing, have you been seeing a lot of traction or like steady growth or hockey stick? So, um, yes, we have, I, I've never really, um, worked on, on, I've not done much open source before, so I don't really have anything to compare to uh, as if like, oh, I launched this thing and you know, within two weeks, like 500 people are using it or something, but, um, I think it's getting quite a bit of traction and more than I expected. Um, and um, the way I'm analyzing this is based on the number of issues and the number of messages I'm getting. Uh, so we created a Discord channel, Hunter, Hunter is, is in it actually. And we've got, I think 70 people joined. So I, I don't know how big these things get, but I think 70 people was enough to keep me busy anyway. And um, so there's been quite, quite a few questions. There's been a few people that created some projects on top of Stitches, which is, is perfect. These people who did that, including Hunter, they just really understood what Stitches is all about. Uh, that kind of goes back to the community thing you were mentioning earlier, Tracy. Um, and then there's lots of uh, PRs being raised. Uh, people are joining the discussions. They're creating bugs. Um, so the traction has been quite good, I think. Uh, people are already rebuilding some of, not rebuilding, but 
some people are redoing their portfolios and they're using stitches for it. Um, and in, it's still in beta. We, even on the website, we say that it's still in beta. There's a few APIs that are subject to change and there's, there are already a few breaking changes and waiting to be released. Uh, so given all of that, I think um, the traction is good. Great. That's awesome. I mean, I love to hear that. So, you know, 2020 coronavirus, right? But, um, you know, I remember when, um, uh, when, oh God, what's his name? Came out with, what was the first CSS and JS one that was really popular? You guys just mentioned it. And it's- Oh, oh Max Stoiber. Yes, Max. Thank you. I'm like, yeah. Max, who? Yes. <laughs> So I remember when style components came out, right? And it was just like, everyone just took off and it was so popular and whatever. So, I mean, is that what's gonna, hap what's gonna happen in 2021? Like we're back at conferences and like we are just hearing about this as like the new way to do <laughs> CSS and JS. Yeah, like Max actually had a presentation and I was super, actually, uh, that's part of the reason I started Stitches was one of Max's presentations because he talked about uh, like he shared everything about all the different libraries and techniques and, and he ended the talk by saying like 2020 is going to be the year where we sold CSS and JS like after that it's <laughs> We're done with it. <laughs> Everybody, yeah. all the enterprises were like, no, we're not doing that. Let's push that off to 2021. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, but it's, um, it's, it was uh, like a kind of pure luck, I guess. Like Stitches was um, technically um, mature enough to, to actually have someone come on board and actually use it for something. And this is what often happens with uh, open source libraries is that there is a technical idea there and it might even mature enough, but there's no people there to write the documentation to, to kind of conceptualize it into not, not necessarily a brand, but something that people can relate to um, mm -hmm. and, and do the work on Twitter and talk to the community and and engage people around the project. That's a lot of work in an open source project. Um, so I was so happy when uh, Pedro showed an interest in the project because then <laughs> I, I knew that, okay, this can actually be something uh, beyond like just an idea. So, yeah. That's amazing. Nice. I, I love, uh, you know, I, I do a lot of community work and it's so funny because like, I, you know, I get involved, right? And then all of a sudden people are like, oh, you should join and like be a part of the team. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, I can chill out now and just give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is uh, very reminiscent of my life. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, people were like uh, asking me what I uh, kind of felt about modules taking, uh, taking over the project. Yeah. Uh, like, how do I feel about that? Uh, and I'm like, oh, I'm so happy. I don't <laughs> have the main responsibility to maintain it anymore. Yeah. But uh, I can like sit on the sideline uh, and still help out and follow the project and, and see where it's going. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a ton of fun. Nice. That's awesome. Um, so my question now, because there's a big elephant in the room, to me at least, which is why would I use this over Tailwind? Oh, I'm ready. 
You don't even have to. Oh, okay. You're already convinced. <laughs> no, All right. I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Go ahead. Um, I don't know, man. Like, it's this thing's actually <laughs> but um, I'll tell you what. Um, I'm a big fan of Tailwind. Just to, you know, to me, it's not, it's, I, even the articles I've been writing recently about migrating from style components to stitches or migrating for emotion is never about, um, you know, you should use this over that, or this is, this is like better than this. Like it, it depends on a lot of stuff. I think personally, um, if I, if I didn't think stitches was going to be better in, 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 in the areas that I work in, which is a lot of design systems and you want to performance UIs and that type of stuff, I wouldn't have invested in, and as modules, we wouldn't have invested our time into taking over stitches and maintaining it and, you know, working on it. So um, the reason that um, you would use that over um, uh, something like Tailwind is one, um, if you're working on a JavaScript project, say if you're using React, um, you can start using stitches straight away. Like you don't really have to worry about any, any other sort of dependency like post CSS or any, any other tooling. Uh, second, you have full flexibility over the customization that you want to make. Um, it's very easy to, uh, to be part of a little bit of a community where um, this doesn't exist yet, but that's the long, uh, long term for us, where if you want to build your design system, uh, you can browse uh, some sort of like community uh, place online where you can browse color palettes that have been designed, type scales, spacing scales and size, size and scales. And you can either just like take the ones that you like and, and make your own design system of that. Or you can just take, I really like this entire theme and take the whole theme. Or you can even go a step further and say, I actually really like this design system. Maybe something like how Tailwind uh, UI looks and, and take that and then just customize the bits that you need. You also get the, um, the ability to get full TypeScript typing out of the box. So you get a really good experience. Um, you, the way that you apply uh, styles at the consumption level is just writing CSS, which I find that much easier than just applying class names. Like Tailwind, in a way, any library that just gives you class names, it can be a little bit, um, I find that it can be quite uh, hard to follow after you have a certain number of classes, it can be quite hard to track and to follow uh, what's the intention that you're trying to yeah. apply. Like That's definitely home. a problem for sure. Yeah. Like, especially when you get, oh, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but especially when you get into things like, um, uh, um, applying different styles on different breakpoints and say you have like mm -hmm. four different breakpoints and you want to go from, uh, say you want to go from like a stacked sort of just a stacked thing on mobile to like a, um, maybe a flex container to maybe a grid layout on desktop. Like on Tailwind, you would need quite a lot of classes to do that. And I find that it's quite hard to process, to process that. And, and with things like Tailwind, you're basically just writing CSS. You know, you write normal CSS, um, as if you're adding an inline style. Um, but all of that then gets converted to the classes later. You know, the classes get applied yeah. for you. You get your critical path CSS added for you. Um, 
So it's kind of, I find that much easier. And as a developer experience, I think that is a better experience. Um, in a way, uh, what's good about Tailwind is that you're not really res restricted to any libraries. It's just CSS. So you can take a Tailwind file, like a minified file that lives on a CDN, and you can apply that on a Svelte, on an Angular project, on, on React, right. and you can consume that already. Whereas, um, even if it's like a, like a, say it's like a Jekyll build, it's not even like a JavaScript uh, project, just like static HTML, you can use that there as well. Whereas with Stitches, it's, uh, it's a CSS and JS library, so you do require at least to have JavaScript running. And then um, to get things like variants, you need to be using React. At the moment, we only support React, but we already, we are going to support other libraries. Um, yes. But there is a low level version of the library, which is, uh, it's, it's the core package, it's framework agnostic. So you can use that. That's just going to generate class names for you. And then it's your job to just apply the class names as you need. Um, but then, you know, if we, we already have ideas about doing static extraction for stitches, and what that means is that you can build your design system and you can just extract all of those classes, essentially giving you your own version of Tailwind. And then you can put that on a CDN and then people can use that anywhere. So and you can fix the classes and, and define how you want them to be built and things like that. This is one, one of my big questions and you kind of just answered it. So I feel like people struggle in content management systems. They're writing, especially like, you know, developers, if they're trying to implement something um, and they don't necessarily have a component built out for whatever this, you know, piece of content is supposed to look like. It's like, well, okay, if everything's in CSS, JS, and I don't have JS right here, like how do I use, you know, the styles that we've been using? Um, so that's, that's really good to hear actually. Um, Cause I could see like a set of, even if it's just margin and like grid, you know, that's a big, a big win for, people trying yeah. to build content out. Absolutely, yeah. And um, that also ties yeah. into, oh, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say it ties into the capabilities of server-side rendering as well. Um, so if you uh, want to produce the minimum CSS necessary um, for a specific request, um, Stitches allows you to, to, for example, use React on the server and then use render to string and then it extracts exactly the CSS that's being used to, to produce that. And that's basically the same technique that is being used to produce static CSS based on, yeah, yeah. like a static site. So, yeah. There are any like good tutorials out here or like conference talks you guys have given or other people have given where people can find out more? No. Um, I did, uh, well, uh, when it comes to uh, consuming stitches, um, I don't think there's that much. There, there's a documentation page, of course, and this is still working in, in progress where Pedro and the, the modules team has, uh, yeah, has done an awesome job. You let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did do one talk though, which is uh, the history of stitches. Um, but yeah, so it shows kind of how the API evolved and the different inspirations and and also other people who were involved with the uh, early experimentations and yeah and like how how they would end up with these tokens and breakpoints and themes and utils and and stuff yeah. we would love to invite you all to javascript marathon it's um it's a free event that we do every single month that's basically like an entire day of training 
So it's just in these one hour segments and, you know, you don't have to prepare a bunch of slides or anything like that. It's really just kind of like, you know, opening up your, you know, editor or whatever it is and uh, teaching somebody for an hour. So if you guys want to do that, I think that would be a great way to get the word out because I really love what you all are doing. Um, Hunter's obviously like <laughs> the hip hip, you know, just in the note, which by the way, I didn't get the black, you know, apparently. Yeah, you missed the menu. The menu. Yeah, you got to wear <laughs> black t-shirts. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that would be an amazing way to just uh, expose more people to this, right? I mean, I think with ideas, it's always about uh, helping people understand that it's out there. And, and, yes. and what you guys are doing again is really cool. Would love to do yeah. that. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll definitely set that up. Um, so speaking of which, I also have to thank our sponsors, uh, Syncfusion. So if you haven't heard of Syncfusion before, they're, they're pretty cool, especially for enterprises. Um, there's this, uh, there's this, um, suite of components called Essential JS2. And, um, it offers a ton of different modern UI components on all major frameworks. So if you're using Angular, React, Vue, JavaScript, ASP.NET Core, ASP.NET MVC, Blazor. I guess they don't have Svelte in there yet. I'm going to have to talk to them about that. Um, but you know, you can you can start really quickly and easily to build and deliver uh, really high performing and responsive web apps with a great user experience. So um, if you guys haven't heard of it before, definitely check it out. Um, hit me up if you're exploring it and you know want. I don't know, <laughs> I'm giving you free credits. I don't actually have free credits, but you know, I'll do what I can for you or whatever, you know, if you hit me up on Twitter. So hit me up on Twitter at Lady Elite if you want to check out more of Syncfusion. And, you know, again, I wanted to thank you all for coming. And, you know, I guess I can tell our, uh, our listeners out there, you know, check out javascriptmarathon.com because the guys have promised to come back and, and do like some, you know, real world kind of like training around this, or at least, stepping people through this, um, you know, it, it, it's going to be so great to see. Definitely check out these guys on Twitter. Um, it sounds like there's also a few um, channels. Do you guys have a, is there like a URL to the, to the channel, to the community channel? Well, if you go to stitches.dev, everything's mm -hmm. on there. We've got the links to GitHub and Discord, Twitter, all of that stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you everybody for joining. Thanks Hunter for being my special today and uh, make sure to follow Modern Web at modern.web. That's modern D-O-T-W-E-B on Twitter. Um, subscribe to us on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, etc. or check out some of our content on YouTube and we'll see you next time. This podcast is sponsored by this.labs, a framework agnostic consultancy that specializes in JavaScript. You can find them at this.co slash labs. That's T-H-I-S-D-O-T dot C-O slash labs. Cause we got a show for you.